You're listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast, a daily podcast dedicated to helping B2B marketing, sales, and customer success professionals become masters of their craft. It's Thursday, and today you'll hear an episode from our Takeover series. Every month, we ask a different practitioner or thought leader to host a series of interviews that cover a specific theme that's relevant to our community. And like Sangram always says, without a community, you are simply a commodity. Here we go. Sangram here. Welcome to another Takeover series for the Flip My Funnel podcast. I'm here with a very good friend of mine. Over the last year, I think we have connected on so many different levels, a part of the peak community, part of the Flip My Funnel. And I've also been using their services for a lot of the things that I produce in terms of video. So Amber, Amber Khan, she's the founder of Repurpose Den. She's an international best-selling author. And she also, this would get you, she's also an average runner. I think you're better than me, Amber. But Amber, thank you for, for joining me uh, and doing this series. Oh, thank you for having me. All right. So Amber, tell me and tell the audience, what is the name of your series and what is the series all about? All right. Well, this particular series is called Impactful Living. And the reason being, this is a series where we feature purpose-led leaders who are making a meaningful impact through their work and touching and changing lives of many. I love that. I love that. You know, what's interesting about it is that we have a lot of episodes on marketing, and I think this is going to give people a necessary break because ultimately, whatever you do, you got to have impact. So share a few people that you are going to interview and the topics that you're going to interview on uh, in the series. Yeah, sure. So uh, just one of them uh, is, is Claude Silver, who talks about building a culture of empathy. Then I have Mary Henderson. She based, is based in Australia, and she talks about how to commercialize your expertise into a profitable business, which a lot of us you know, uh, struggle with, especially those who are pivoting from, say, a corporate career and now looking into starting their own business. And then I am, I'm going to have uh, Daniel Priestley, who is the author of multiple books, one of them being Key Person of Influence, The Entrepreneurship Revolution. And with him, we're going to talk about some awesome stuff. He's just published yesterday a new book called um, How to Raise Entrepreneurial Kids. And, and we're going to talk a lot about that. Wow. Like, I, <laughs> yeah. I mean, almost every one of this sounds like a story worth going through. Uh, one of the things, and this is where we're going to end because this is going to be an introduction. So folks, as you're listening to this, you may be listening to the first interview that Amber did, maybe the last one. There's a whole series of about 10 or so that we're going to have in for you and we'll play every Tuesday and Thursday in the series. So if, if and it will tell you if this is the one, the first episode, or is this the eighth episode? So you can go figure out if you need to go back and watch some of or listen to some of these video interviews. But what's interesting, Amber, about all of this is there's a question that uh, Angie Stanley, someone that I follow, says in his book, Better Decision, Fewer Regrets. Mm. And he asked this very question that what story are you going to tell? And that is a very interesting question when you start going back in life, because each one of us has a story that we want to tell. And there is a story that people are writing right now that they don't know. And, and I think people need to recognize that. So I love the fact that you're creating this impactful living series that's going to help people to recognize and come out of their shell maybe a little bit and recognize that they have a story to tell. They're going to tell that story to their kids, their grandkids, or, or their neighbor or somebody. And hopefully the interviews that you're going to do is going to 
have them thinking about this and actually start writing their own story the way they want to. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the idea with all each one of those interviews is that I want people to go with at least one takeaway that they can implement right in their life just by listening to, you know, the guest stories or the challenges that they share during those interviews. And if we can just make a difference in one person's life, I know it would be all worth it. I love it. And again, this is what I love about this, this takeover series. You get such a different perspective. And Amber, you also bring in a global perspective because you have people from all over the world who are interviewing in the series. So Amber, again, thank you so much for doing it. All the information to connect to Amber, her company, her book, uh, and all the things that she does is going to be in the show notes. So check that out. And Amber, let's take it away. Awesome. Good day, greetings, ciao, namaste, and salams to peeps from all around the world. Welcome to the live. Now, this particular series is called the Impact Two Point Show, where we feature purpose-led leaders who are making a meaningful impact through their work and touching and changing lives of many. Stick around till the end, and I promise you that you'll walk away with at least one, if not more practical yet scrumptious takeaways from each of these live sessions, like an ice cream sundae topped with heavy whipped cream, melted dark chocolate, and a dash of gold dust. But most importantly, if you turn up live, you'll get a chance to ask each guest questions that are bugging you like an itch that can't be scratched. Now, my today's guest is Google's number one rebranding expert, recipient of over 325 international awards, and the recipient of the Presidential Ambassador for Global Entrepreneurship Medallion. He's been featured in Forbes, Inc., Entrepreneur, Business Insider, just to name a few. So will you please put your virtual hands together to welcome my fantabulous guest, David Bryant. Oh, um, hello, David. Hey, hey. That's, quite, that's quite the introduction. That was something. I love that. Fantabulous ice cream sundaes. I mean, all kinds of wild stuff. Gold dust. I'm digging this. I'm digging it. Well, you know, I'm learning from you, David. You're the master of, of words and pictures and videos. You're the master of it all. Well, very well. Thank you very much. It's very, very kind. And, and I, it's, hey, look, it's all a playground. You know, it's, I figure, figure, you know, it's kind of like this. It's like if you're going to have a party, Right. Okay. Everyone's going to bring their various ingredients. Either that's going to be kind of like, uh, 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 and you do nothing with the ingredients or you turn them into magic. And that, and I, so I like, I like to treat everything like, like the raw ingredients for a delicious meal. And then it's my job to cook up a storm. You're like, holy crap. When the hell can we come back for more? Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. And that is exactly why we're here to learn from you now. Before we get into the spaghetti and bolognese of this conversation, we're going to start off the show with a quick fire round. Okay. Are you ready? Yep. All right, let's go. If you could guest star in any TV show, what would it be and who would you play? A, t- a TV show. Ooh. Yeah. Do mm. Netflix? <laughs> I would, I would say, I'm, a, I'm a, I actually am a big fan of NCIS. Do you know NCIS? Yes, yes. The, the I, would, I would, I would like to be, I would like to be a guest on that and be and be uh, Jethro Gibbs's like brother. You know, it's like who just makes a little. It's like 
You haven't called me. You haven't called me in quite some time. Stay well. <laughs> awesome. Okay. When you were a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? I wanted to be a famous drummer. I wanted okay. to be a famous drummer. Yeah. Oh wow, it's a musician. Okay. Yeah. If you were an Olympic athlete, what would be your sport? I think pole vaulting. Oh yeah. Yeah, I think that would be I, I, the idea of just like I mean, you know, that dance between getting to the right speed and 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 managing the tension on the on the, on the pole and the bend and getting that lift and bam the perfect arch and yes right <laughs> eat that everybody yeah. yeah i think the lift is where you get your high <laughs> yeah. yeah all right if you could read one book over and over for the rest of your life what would it be That's one book. I know that's a hard one because guests always come back. Can I give you a second one? Can I give you a third one? <laughs> one book. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, you can go for two or three if you like. Wow. Oh, my God. One book. Mm. <sighs> you can't decide, can you? I, I, I mean, I, I, so many are coming to mind. The yeah. idea of narrowing it down to a, one book over and over. It's like Groundhog's Day. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Groundhog's Day over and over and over and over again. Yeah. Damn. Damn. It's like if you were to, you, one day you were to lose all your books and you only had a choice to keep one with you, which one would it be? Well, if that's the case, and I don't have any others, I probably... Yeah, I have an amazingly, a really thick, probably about, probably about four inches thick. It's, I think it's the Webster's Third International Dictionary, and it has the type is quite small. The definitions are the best definitions I've ever had. And if I didn't have any other book, that would at least bring me back to the basics of okay. I can find the meaning to any word, and then I can weave my own stories. Yeah. <laughs> Only you would say that. <laughs> Only David Breyer. <laughs> All right. What's the best advice you've ever been given? Never give up your power. Mm. Okay. I think we, we, we shall talk more about that. <laughs> After this round, all right, David, we did this. And I think this deserves a wiggle and a dance. And you may or may not be familiar with this song. We did it. We did it. We did it. Yay. Woo. Hooray. Okay. We did it. You're not familiar. It's because <laughs> your kids are probably all grown. Who the hell are they? Are they like these little, are these these little creatures who kind of do this little thing? Okay, this this is from Dora the Explorer. Uh, so you know, I'm sure those parents who are watching and who've got young kids, they 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 all know this song because they've heard it on repeat. It's like that shark song, the baby shark song. Have you heard of that on YouTube? Baby shark, do 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 do. No, okay. I have not. Heard, you're 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 hitting you're hitting an echelon, uh, uh, an age an age demographic. I'm going. Do I have like a cultural blip, or do I need to have like do I need to have like like give birth to more children? What's the deal? <laughs> well, it's the closest and the funniest song I could find to doing something that I wanted to celebrate. If you know any other one, um, we can add it to the to our next live. 
<laughs> well, see, I see. I I love I love uh, I love uh, Pharrell's "Happy." I mean, that's like oh, yeah. you know. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. All right. Next slide. We we're doing that. All right. <laughs> All right, Dave. Now let's get into the spaghetti and bolognese of this conversation. Yep. Imagine that I'm holding a pair of gloves. Could you a, a pair of boxing gloves? Boxing gloves. Okay. Yeah. You, 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 you feel lucky you want a piece of this? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Bring it on. All right. All right. Now take these boxing gloves and smash for me and not my face, please, but some kind of branding myth, a bogus strategy, a misconception, and set the record straight once and for all. Okay. Well, only one? Uh, yes, please. <laughs> only one. Okay. So that, 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 the just all you have to do is make a great product or service and it will it will result mm -hmm. in a corresponding amount of success mm. okay yeah completely absolutely. completely and utterly false because every day of the week every day there are inferior products that outsell superior ones and for reasons that defy what i just said so, um, so there is, there is no sort of like good karma, you know, good karma rule that applies because, oh, well, we've taken all this time and all invested all this money and blood, sweat and tears. And we have the battle scars and we have the prison tattoos and we have all the stuff that's proof that we actually, you know, gave our heart and soul and we have the divorced spouses. See, we've even like, you know, even destroyed our lives and we have children who we've estranged. See, don't we deserve this? No, you don't. <laughs> and and we are going to find out why right here yeah. on this live today. Now, yeah. a side note here, uh, we are streaming to LinkedIn, Facebook, and YouTube simultaneously. If for some reason your LinkedIn stream plays up, which it can do sometimes, please, uh, you can join us here on my YouTube channel, bit.ly forward slash spreading ideas with Amber Khan. Or you, you can, if you, if you prefer on Facebook, you can join us there. All right. So, David, let's get back into this fab chat with David. Yes. Before we go any further, uh, for those, because I don't know anybody who doesn't know you, but let's still say there's some people who don't know you. Could you share with the viewers and listeners, why do you do what you do? Um, basically because of the fact that um, I, I have always been attracted to things that made me stop and go ooh and growing up in new york you know that was art and that was music and that was something some window display it was being sort of in that wonderland of things and creativity that was the stuff that stopped me a great smell from a from a from someone cooking food in the street right mm -hmm. so i mean it could be anything it could be a street performer so things that that someone took the time to make me go, holy crap, I never saw that before. Mm -hmm. I never thought that could be done. I didn't realize this was possible. You know, that little that little pivot where you go, oh, my. And, and your world goes from wherever it was mm -hmm. or wherever it was, whatever, yeah. that all of a sudden it goes like, holy crap, there's more. And yeah. that that always appealed to me. Mm -hmm. And so and so that. That's where, you know, it really was a matter of, of taking my skills as, as a creator, as an artist, uh, as a designer, as someone who appreciated that, 
and then yeah. implementing that and using that for brands, not only for how they look, but yeah. also how, you know, how they sound. What's that? What's that? What's that? That cadence, that thing that kind of just goes, ooh, it kind of has a groove to it. It has a mood to it, it has a flow to it that's, that defies the, the status quo. Status quo is a death sentence. Status quo is, it's like, it's invisible to us because we see it every day. Yeah. And, I, and I've done that. And I've done that with even cities that I've branded. I come in as an outside pair of eyes. Yeah. And I see things. And I'm like, I'm like, wow, do you ever see that? And like, oh, yeah, that's blah, 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 blah. I said, yeah, but what about that? It's yeah. like, yeah, that, and, and I even, and I remember there was one city I literally, I had to do, I, I went with my photographer and we did a two day photographic essay and took this and showed them on these large boards to, to the board that we were, the, the people that we're working for in the city and said, this is your city. And they were like, holy crap. Yeah. Where's that? <laughs> and where's that? Where is that? So all of a sudden it got them to see that the things that they were blind to. And I and that often and that happens in the majority of businesses. They are blind to what's amazing and oftentimes hiding in plain sight. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That is so true. Probably true for my own business as well. Um, Represent peak community represent. I see a lot of comments there from Paul. Vivis is there. Amy is there. Kaleem is there. Hi everyone! Hey guys! Oh, there's yep. We yeah, got we, we, Paul's all over it, man. Paul's a beast. He's in beast mode. Paul is. If Paul goes Italians rock, then we've got Amy from NYC. There you go. Oh, awesome. there you go. I'm loving it. I'm um, loving it. They're actually dual screening right now because um um yeah, I think Simon's doing a live as well right now. I love Alrighty. All right, so let's start with my favorite question. Okay, David, this is my favorite question. Again, I'm sure you've been asked this a gazillion times, but a lot of us are still confused about this. Is is there a difference between a business brand and a personal brand? And where do we start? It's hard enough to grow one. How do we grow two? And can one encompass it all? Help us all out here, please. All right. So first of all, first of all, the whole notion is a, is a crock. A, 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 am I able to say like, a, 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 are we PG or what? What do we are? What are we? No, no, no. We're, we're 15. <laughs> all right. Very, very good. Okay. So it's a, it's a load of shit. It's a bullshit. Just, just as B2B and B2C is also bullshit because the thing is, is that I understand w- w- why, but it's outdated. The thing is, is that because we deal with, it's like we are people. Yeah. A brands, you know, we're always dealing with a person who's a decision maker. If a brand understands that its role is to open minds, open yeah. eyes, open hearts, then the rest comes. Then they will open their wallet, et cetera, et cetera. So the thing is, is so that's the first thing. So then come, coming back to the personal brand and business brand. Again, that is a, that is a false division. Okay. If you understand this, branding, as I cover, in this little bad boy right here, mm-hmm. branding, there really wasn't one agreed upon definition of branding of the 10,000 plus books that exist on branding. Okay. Yeah. So I was like, and it was, and there was this theory and there was this theory and there was, and there was this cool, this, this ocean and this mountain and this sky and this stratosphere and this, this philosophy and that all that kind of crap. And there, and there's some good jewels in all those things but there wasn't a fundamental agreed upon thing. And if you understand this, 
it simplifies. It it actually not only simplifies, it eliminates the question that you started with, which is this: branding is what? Branding is four words: the art of differentiation. So we've got branding as the art of differentiation. So if we realize that branding as an action, as an activity, is in fact the art of differentiation, Hmm. it doesn't matter whether we're differentiating an idea, differentiating a person, differentiating a product, differentiating a service, differentiating something that's invisible, Hmm. in other words, yet to be discovered, like in a service business. It's like you're... What are you buying? You're buying me or you're buying the person, your confidence in that person. Right. And it's and it's what they do to clearly not only be perceived in terms of value, but also in terms of actually what is the how are they different? How are they not like all the rest? Because I'll tell you, we live in a world where there's a lot of a lot of amateur organizations, a lot of amateur products. I mean, you know, it's like you order something and it sounds great and you get it. And it's, I mean, I ordered, I ordered something from Amazon. It's this cool thing. It sounded great. It is the lousiest piece of crap. It's crap. I, well, how they got the four and a half stars on Amazon. I was like, well, that was disappointing. And so, so the thing is, is that differentiation will guide you. So whether you're dealing with a person, because if I sound, if I, as a person sound like everyone else, what am I doing? I'm just saying, okay, I'm another person. If I'm offering a product and I sound like everything else, I'm just another product in a category or, you know, and it could be anything. So if you understand that and can really get your wits around that and, you know, just a little, little thing, those that do the brand invention masterclass, they yeah. freaking, they become, they get this in like on a PhD level. Hmm. It, it is insane. That's what happens on that. But that's basically, that's the answer. Does that answer your question? So, okay, so which leads me to this, that if you do not have, let's say, a unique or innovative new product, right? So the way to differentiate would be your story or there are other ways to differentiate as well? Well, com- well first of all, I rarely do I find a product. I mean, sometimes I'll have, I'll have a company come to me and they'll say, you know what? Um, you know, so, uh, sometimes they'll be like, you know, we we really don't. After we've talked a little bit, we really don't have anything different. It's kind of like a commodity. I mm-hmm. say, okay, can you deliver it in a better way, in a faster way? Mm-hmm. Can you make it easier to acquire? Can you have? Do, do you have something where you can anticipate and build it uh, and add a little a little something to it that actually makes it simpler more intuitive etc what's that like a bonus package well are you talking about like a like a personal individual are you talking about like an individual who offer in what way in what context are you looking at a bonus package so 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 packaging your products so that it it becomes a differentiator in in the market well put it this way put it this way it's like let's let's look at let's look at the role of differentiation Um, let's, let's take a look right now at probably the most decimated industry in all of COVID restaurant industry. Yes. Okay. So, so now there were those who were kind of like, all right, we're going to keep doing what we're doing. And those folks closed their doors. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then there are those who are like, wait a second, we're going to, we're going to actually now we still have the complete capabilities to produce the food that we have been creating, but instead of it now, instead of us 
having the, the scope being our restaurant space. Right. We're now going to expand it to be either to the, to the, uh, to the street so we, people can come by and pick it up. Yeah. That's one, one scenario. Or we can have outdoor eating, possible another scenario, or we can deliver. Okay. So that right there now became a differentiator because mm. for, but there was an unfortunate circumstance that forced that. Mm. But all of a sudden, it's like there were those that said, no, we're going to keep doing what we're doing and go out of business. Or there were, there, or there were others who were like, wait a second, we're going to pivot. Mm. And, so, and so it's how you structure it. I mean, I mean I'm trying to think. I'm trying, oh, I'll give you a perfect, I'll give you a very interesting scenario. Yeah. Here's, here's a complete commodity. Hmm. A company came to me. This is, this is going earlier in my career. A company came to me, and what did they sell? Ice. Frozen okay. water. Right. My job to brand this. I'm like, oh, crap. So I'm looking, I'm yeah. looking, I'm listening, I'm listening. Okay, is there anything better about your water? Well, uh, I'm told about the facilities, the cleaner water, the this, that, the other, da, da, da. I said, okay. But your competition is probably saying something yeah. very similar, if not identical. Yeah. All right. I say, I say, is there anything else that's, that's, that's distinct or unique or, you know, do you make it more available in more places or, you know, is there something different? And he goes, well, some people said our, our ice actually kind of cools their drinks faster. I said, excuse me? He says our ice, because of the shape of it, actually cools their drink, cools drinks faster. I said, I want you to go to an independent laboratory. Yeah. And I want you to actually take <laughs> conventional ice yeah. and ice. Comes back and he goes, our ice actually cools 33% faster. <laughs> and I was like, why is that? And he said, the shape of it actually has more ice surface. Hmm. I was like, how freaking fascinating. So yeah. now, so we've taken a commodity, which had like very little chance of having any differentiation. And now it's literally, it's like, an, and, and they ended up because we, we named it ice rounds because of the shape and cools 33% faster than conventional ice. Yeah. And people went nuts and they started asking it for it by name. There's an example. Yeah. So original research, that's another difference. You just mentioned well, you got to look. You have yeah. to look. If you, if you haven't looked, trust me, yeah. that's what happens with, with yeah. my clients. I get them to look and ch I challenge I challenge the lazy observation. I hate lazy observations. <laughs> it, it, it just let, let's just lazily observe and and even worse, let's lazily label this stuff. Oh, oh well, that's a blank and that's a blank and that's a blank. That's what I call stupidity because that's lazy. Mm. That's lazy. That's that's a failure to look. You've got to look. Wow. Okay, the chat's going. <laughs> um, I, I think Paul says, "When are you sending me a copy?" <laughs> when, uh, when, when am I sending you a copy, dude? <laughs> when are you buying a copy? I've already done the hard work of putting the freaking thing together. I took I took almost four decades of stuff, put it in here. When yeah. am I giving you, a, dude? When That's are you? I, I have a better question. I want to okay. know, Paul. Yeah. First of all, when are you buying your own copy, and when are you buying another copy for for another person? Yeah who you value and who looks up to you for leadership. That's my question for you, Paul. Oh, yeah. He's called you out now, Paul. <laughs> oh, I, see. I want to see Paul's response on this one. <laughs> All right. Kaleem says, art of differentiation equals the art of not competing. Oh, yes. <laughs> okay. We've got uh, Chris. And I want to answer. So Chris, Chris, okay. Chris Winch says, could the other guys say that they last, that they last longer? Well, yeah. first of all, 
first of all, maybe they could have. I didn't. I didn't now do an analysis of. Let me look at all the different ice shapes and see if they can claim it. Because you know what? The bottom line is, is who owns it? Yeah. It is. You know. You have to understand something, and this is what so many people get wrong. If you get nothing out of this, if you just get this one point, it will yeah. change how you actually handle business. <laughs> I will, dude. Thank you, Paul. I know you will. You're a beast. <laughs> here's the thing. So here's the thing. You've got to get this, that different is better than better. Okay. See, the question that Chris is asking is like, could the other guys, maybe they could. Maybe mm. they could. Do I, frankly, do I care? Because different is better than better. Mm. If you're playing on the, if you're playing on the playing field of like, oh, well, they've got 10 features. We're going to, we're going to add a few more. We're going to make it. We have 13 features. Oh, we got the, you're going to try If you're going to try the, there's two races never to be part of. You never yeah. want to do the race to the top of basically, oh, well, we're this or we're that or we're this or and that. That's just like, yeah. that's, that's feature bullshit. You're going to lose on that one because anyone, everyone can always do that. That's the race to the top, which is crazy in terms of, so trust me, different yeah. is better than better. That's one. The other race you don't ever want to do is the race to the bottom. Which is oh they'll do it for they'll do it for ten thousand oh we'll do it for nine thousand nine hundred and fifty oh mm-hmm. they'll and that's the race to the bottom if mm-hmm. you get your differentiation in really in the sweet spot that it can and needs to be your value will come up correspondingly it will reflect in your actual impact your traction your sales and your relationships but you've got to own it it's got to be true. As long as it connects to values, values mm. are timeless. Features are transient. Mm. It's like, look, I mean, it's like, look, at, you know, Apple could come out with something tomorrow that changes all the technology. And all of a sudden, what was a must have yesterday, all of a sudden is old news now. Mm. So mm. It, if you're based on features and you're based on that stuff. So trust me, different is better than better. Own your difference. Connect it to values. Not value, mm. value, values that are resident in your audience, and you will then crush it as a personal brand, as a product brand, as a service brand. In branding, you will crush it if you really get that and can own it and implement it. Yeah, awesome. So I guess uh, what you're saying is that if if you like, you know, Chris was saying, but could the other guy say they last longer? But the point is, if and correct me if I'm wrong. They were not differentiating it that way. They were not saying it that, uh, yeah, our water uh, freezes faster. So if if we differentiate it that way first, they can, of course, later on go, you know, and say, yeah, we do it for longer. Exactly. Exactly. Someone's going to, so then they're going to, and here's the thing. Here's the cool thing. Mm -hmm. If you really do it and you own it and you get your story out there and you penetrate the marketplace, Mm -hmm. what happens that's incredible is if others start copying you or emulating your thing mm. you know what's going to happen we're going to be reminded of you mm-hmm. and and the perfect example the perfect example remember when remember when uh, apple had that had the i'm a mac i'm a pc that, yeah, that yeah. you did that for like a decade yeah. was, those were brilliant ads mm. remember how other companies try to do similar ones yeah yeah what did we think of remembers i don't know we think of we thought of apple yeah, we yeah. didn't think of that because they, they were a copycat. Yeah, and then, and then Apple used you know aesthetics and gorgeous photography and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. what do we think of when we see that other brands copying that? We think of the original. So mm-hmm. if you own your originality, own your differentiation, own your values, 
and connect it to timeless stuff, then you freakingly crush it. And Kanji, you're oh, very, very, you're very, very well. I'm glad that you agree. And by the way, I agree with the fact that you agree. I just uh, want to thank you, Kanji. Kanji works with me. She is a superstar. Absolutely. Kanji, yeah, I can't do without Kanji. Let's put it this way. I can't do it without Kanji either. Kanji, I cannot do it without you. <laughs> Thank you for joining, Kanji. Um, so, yeah, because I am I know it's late uh, night over there. All right. So, I, I mean, I know, David, you've already mentioned some of these mistakes. But before we go in, into the, the brand, uh, how to find your own brand story, can you share what mistakes to avoid when it comes to brand building and brand stories? I know you've already uh, shared a few. Um, a couple of them, you, uh, the differentiating factor and stuff, but let's say top three. Um, know that your brand is not about yourself, but know that it's about the, those that you serve. Uh-huh. Vitally important. Okay. Vitally important. And that translates into kind of like what I call like the, the, the 80, 15 rule, which is kind of a, you know, I basically look at about, I, about 85 to 15. I look at a ratio of, 85% of the time, I am providing stuff that is of value. I'm giving, 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 giving. Mm-hmm. And, and only about 15% of the time do I actually ask in return. Mm-hmm. The 80-20 rule. Yeah. Well, I, 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 I call it more like the 85-15, actually. I, oh. I, I push it. I, I push yeah. it. I, I lean heavily on the give. I lean heavily on the give. That's vitally important because too few do. And if you authentically give. See, too many people screw up and they go, Ooh, I'm gonna give this, and then, and there's always like a, there's always like, a, 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 it's like you're kind of like waiting, you're holding your breath. Hmm. What are they gonna ask? Because you know that their heart's not in it. So yeah. if you're giving, truly give. Yeah. I mean, people detect when you're just going through the motions. That will kill you. That will kill your brand. So that's that's vitally important. I think you'll goes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I mean. So that's, yeah. so that's so that's that's one mistake. I mean, the other the, the other mistake I, I answered with regard to focus, you know, thinking that it's all about, you know, that it's all like, oh, we created something amazing, therefore, blah, 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 blah. Um, you know, and I mean, another. Oh, here's a here's a here's a, a very very powerful one. I've only talked about this a couple times, and it has to do with you'd never ever want to get into a place where you're stagnant. if you're if you're if you're stagnant if you're not expanding you are you're contracting factually Mm. because why because others are going to be expanding Mm. so the thing you have to understand is that within business growth is survival okay and in business that means growing means expanding into new territory Hmm. Expanding into new territory means you're in a place you are unfamiliar with. Hmm. You're going to make some mistakes. Hmm. As long as you are attentive and are accountable, that's not a problem. So hmm. that that aspect of making some mistakes and 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 the accompanying risk that goes with growth. Yeah. That's, that's that's like inhaling and exhaling. It's like so. Well, I don't like to inhale. Well, you eventually you're going to have to. It's like. You, and then, and then, and then it's called breathing, right? Mm-hmm. So, so the thing is, is that there's an ebb and a flow with regard to this. But if you are, if you are growing and you mm-hmm. are expanding, that means it's new territory. New territory means unfamiliar. 
Mm. Unfamiliar means, okay, I'm going to grow. We're going to, oh, that didn't work as well. Oh, that worked well. So you're going to learn what works. You're going to learn what doesn't work. And you yeah. simply have to be attentive and be on it. Mm. And, then, and then you can move at a very much faster rate. If you're accountable, you can move at a faster rate. If you're not accountable, if you're looking, walking around, I'm entitled. And other people are to blame or other circumstances are to blame. First of all, you shouldn't be in business. That is the most bullshit, false, false. You want, there, there's two epidemics that are going around the planet. One we all know about. The other one is entitlement. Oh, that is sucking the life out of businesses. It's mm. sucking the life out of careers. It sucks the life out of family relationships. Yeah, that's true. Mm. So entitlement is a killer. Entitlement will kill. If, but if you will go around, with the opposite, which is accountability. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm the first one to own up. It's like, I did something. It's like, wow, that resulted, that, that, that failed. Yeah. Well, that sucks. Yeah. Am I going to like go, oh, failed. And, oh, let me, let me try and hide it. Let me, let me put it in a little, yeah. a little code of silence. Let me, yeah. let, no, that failed. Yeah. Own it. Own you know, it, yeah. it's kind of like if you're in the, if you're in the ring fighting and you go, bam, you make that move and you go, wait a second. That guy dodged that. That was a failure, mm. right? That little faction. So if, if, am I going to? Am I going to go? Am I going to try? Oh, I hope that I can get everybody to unsee that. No, it didn't work. What's the next move you're going to do? Yeah. And if you're, if you're quick to pivot, that's fine. You're mm. in the game. You're in the ring. And bang, bang. You bounce back. You kick it. Boom, boom, boom. That's yeah. how it flies. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's Amy saying. If you're not expanding, you are contracting. You got it. You got it. All right. So let's um, let's talk about, say, a new startup, maybe a year old uh, business. Should branding be a priority for them right now or does it come much later in the process? And number one, number, so one, number one priority from day one. OK, number one priority. If I if I'm in business and I don't know how I am different from what's available and out there. What am I doing? I'm just sort of like putting out a shingle and going, hey, buy this stuff. Yeah. Well, why? Why should I care? Because I have other competitors who are saying also buy this stuff. Yeah, yeah. Now we either, now we either have a whole a whole industry that's stupid and noisy, and they're all going buy this stuff, buy this stuff, or we're actually going down in the in the place where we go, okay, why would someone want to buy this? What yeah. is the problem with what's currently available? If I, and I will tell you this, here's, this is gold right here. If a business or a person cannot ans answer why, what is unsatisfactory with what's currently available, hmm. uh, and, and if I'm not connecting to that and resolving that in some way, why am I even just showing up? Am I showing up to be another option, a, bit, a better color? Or am I actually showing up to actually do something better, smarter, et cetera? So there has to be, because everything that you and I consider mainstream was at one time an innovation. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Right? Absolutely. Everything yeah. from lights, computers, to, oh, the, to, my Yeti, to my Yeti microphone, to this freaking uh, alkalinized water that I'm drinking, yeah. to, you know, to, to this, this, to this amazing book, to uh, did, I, did I show that? Did I show that? You know, to, to, to you know, to the to the iPhone. You know, you compare that. Look, and this is the thing that I love. I love that Apple. 
you know, I mean, and this is what Steve Jobs, his, his thing was, okay, now that we've developed the first iPad, mm. he immediately was like, good. What's the second iPad going to look like? What's the third iPad going to look like? Already ready to basically make obsolete. You need to be your own worst competition. Mm. You have to be your own worst competition. I, every day, probably, if not, probably 20 times a day, am I doing as good as I could be doing? Mm. Am I doing as good as I could be doing? Can this be better? Can this be better? If you just operate on, can this be better? Put that on your freaking wall. <laughs> can this be better? And good. And if it can, do it. Because if you don't, someone else will. Someone else will. You will be old news. If yeah. you don't own that level of competition, if you are not ready to outperform your previous best, your days are numbered. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Chris says others need to learn from the failures as well as, uh, so you should always talk about it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. That's, that's the only way we all can learn uh, from each other. So, David. By, by the way, so, you know, like, I love that. I, so Amber, I love it. So, this is this is like a this is this is like I've been called into the police force. So <laughs> we, we we have a we have a dead body and uh, and uh, your fingerprints are all over it. So all right. <laughs> Uh, well, you know, I think this is because I watch too many uh, crime scene investigation <laughs> dramas, <laughs> and I read too many crime novels. That's why. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, uh, Kaleem asks, "Can this be better?" I'm not sure what it is referring. To. That's refer that's referring to what I was saying. Can this be better? Putting that on your wall. Can oh, this be better? Logan, yes. Yeah. Can this be that's better? the thing. You're always, it's like, can can what I am doing right now be better? Can this be better? Can this be done better? Can it be presented better? Can it be made better? Can it be you know blah 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 blah? You know. It, it, you know, I mean, just look, look at the, look at the companies that don't cut corners. There's a few of them. We can probably count on our hands on two hands, probably the amount of companies. If you and I were just to say, okay, let's name the companies that don't cut corners, that they are exceptional. Mm -hmm. Probably, probably is not going to exceed this. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's, let's talk a little bit more about the, crafting a brand story what are the key elements to it well first thing is is you've got to take an honest a brutally honest look into your industry what is the noise level we are at a point where the world has gotten infinitely small and what i mean by that is that we go okay i can right now i can search in google and i can go i, I want to know i want blank and what? I'll have 1.7 million results in three seconds. Okay. <laughs> and it's like, wow. So all of a sudden, and if you're looking for a specific industry or a specific coach or a specific person with certain talent or a specific agency with this or a specific product that does that, blah, 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 you're going to have tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands or more results. So mm. there is noise. Okay. Mm. And so the first thing you do is take an inventory of the noise. Mm. What kind of noise is there? Mm. Right. I mean, like, for example, like the, you know, it's like, there's like, there's a gazillion and one LinkedIn coaches. I mean, they've been like, they've been, they've been, you know, they've been like creeping up like, you know, like an infestation. 
<laughs> you said right. like, I didn't. <laughs> you know, I mean, you go, wow, there's like a, there's a, there's a gazillion of them. Yeah. And, and, you know, and there's no, there's no exact criteria and some, some base it on this and some base it on that. And some, some, are, you know, a small percentage are good. A lot are not. Hmm. And so, and so, you know, how do you tell, how do you, if you were in that industry, how would you sift yourself out? Well, you got to like find who you, who can you best serve? Yeah. Do, you, do you have a niche? Do you have a niche audience? Yeah. And, and what's your differentiator? Do you do it better? Do it, do it faster? Do you mm. do it? Do you do it more one-on-one rather than do you, you know, I mean, what's, what's your thing? Like, for example, I'll give you, I'll give you an example. Cause mm. I, I've made mention of my, of my masterclass a couple of times. That's yeah. called the, that's the, for those listening, the brand intervention masterclass. And if you want to know more about that, you need to reach out to me. It is nine weeks of smoking hot. You, man, your life will never okay, be the same. I've got David's website here. Can, can they find that from your website? The masterclass? Uh, no, I'm going to, no, I, I actually, I need, I need to give you, I need to give you an actual link. They, they, yeah. can, they, they can certainly go there, but actually uh, what, I, what I'm going to do. Or on your, on your LinkedIn profile. Is- I will, I will. I, I, I actually, you know what? You actually just reminded me. I, I actually have to, I have to do that. And so, boom, ba boom, ba boom, ba boom, boom, boom. It's because it's been, uh, let's see here. I want to see if this is the one. And if that's not the right one. Oh, okay. Hold on. I think I found it. I think I found it. Yeah, because... Uh... Yeah, look right here. I'll, I'll I'll pop I'll pop this to you in the chat so you can yeah. actually hear that. So um, so yeah, here we go. This, boom, 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 boom. But for example, like one of the things that I that I made a point of with regards to, with regards to the, with regards to the um the the, the masterclass, I said the problem that I found with the existing ones. See, like now look at how I structure this. Yeah. I looked at the existing ones. The problem I found is that they were, they ignored the most important part of a program. You, they made it all about them and their knowledge and their tools and their formulas and their templates Mm -hmm. and their stuff. And they ignored the most important part, you. Hmm. So that's one thing. Another thing is that they tend to make, they want to do these upsells and they tend to make it so that you're consistently dependent upon them. Mine is completely different. Mine is based on actually making you independent so that you're not, so not, not so you can think like David, but you can think like yourself. You see, I'm differentiating. So I looked at what was, you have to look at the noise and they're making all these short-term promises and all these little tricks. And I don't offer tricks. You don't need more tricks. You need understanding. Why does it work? Hmm. So I don't build it on giving you a bunch of little hacks to, to copy. I hmm. actually give you the actual ra- rationale. So you know why it works when it works and why it doesn't work when it doesn't work. So you need to first assess for yourself why is this why is this work what's the noise level what what are the and here's the trick what are all the common overlapping cliches hmm. that people are hearing and that, that that's contributing to all that noise and hmm. then amongst that you need to find your differentiator uh-huh. that was freaking pure freaking 24 karat right there <laughs> yeah. so no right that's, that's true. What, what, what's, what's my dude's name what's my dude's name 24 karat what's his name 24 karat mm-hmm. oh um i'm i'm sure do you know what that song 24 karat no. yeah yeah i heard this on 24 karat no. 
Well, who's the singer? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah. Uh, my son's there. <laughs> oh, come on. Come on, son. Come on, come bring on. it up. Show your face. Show your face. I think no, I love, uh, Bruno Mars. Bruno Mars. Bruno Mars. Okay. Happy Bruno. Guy. Bruno. Yo, Bruno. Yeah, you, Bruno. Oh, come on, let me show your face. This is my son, Daniel. Daniel. <laughs> Hi, David. Hey, man. How are you? I'm great. I've, I've been listening to you for the past uh, hour now and a bit. It's been really good. <laughs> yeah, he was watching your. He was watching your masterclass as well. Awesome. Oh well, yeah, Michael Goats, yeah, Bruno Mars. <laughs> Bruno Mars, you got it. You got it. Well, What's very nice, very nice to meet you. Very nice to meet you. Yeah, nice to meet you too. Same here. Alrighty. So um alrighty. So uh David, where were we? <laughs> so many places. Okay. I I know recently you shared this post, I think it was was it yesterday about attention. Now, how does attention fit into all of this? And well, the brand story. well, well, look, every every product, every brand, um, they're what, what are they doing? They're actually they're actually trying to get your attention. They're trying to, you know, whether it's interrupting, whether it's a YouTube pre-roll, whether it's a message, whether it's ads on Instagram, whether it's ads on on Twitter, whether it's just what or LinkedIn, every place, all these different places, emails, TV, you know, um, on podcasts, etc. So everywhere. So the thing is, is we're asking people to pay attention. But the bottom line is, is the, the what I basically said in that post was this. If you haven't done the due diligence and shown the respect to your audience of paying attention to them first, mm. then where do you, you, you do not have the rights to ask for them to pay attention to you. Mm. And and there's something even more subtle than that. Hmm. If you go to someone, we've all been, and everyone's had this experience. We've all gone into a room with, let's say, you know, a senior person. Could be the CEO, could be a VP, blah, blah, blah. Now, one type of person, it's like you feel small. Hmm. In their presence. They, don't really, they don't really pay too much attention to you. You're not particularly, you know, considered valuable or important. and you feel they that person, first of all, I don't care. And some of those people, it looks like they've got a lot of money. They are the most miserable and despicable people because um, it's a very selfish, narcissistic way of being. Hmm. And that they don't give anyone any attention, any recognition or anything. And they will not go very far. Hmm. And the only time they'll come to you is when they need something. And then they'll maybe give you a little bit of attention. Mm. I, I mean, I, I cut the, I cut people like that off because okay. that's like, excuse me, you, 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 you know, it's like, I'm sorry, dude. But like, you know, like when, you know, when you, when you, when, when no, you could fill in the blanks of all the things that you do, an ordinary individual does you, your, yours is as, is, as, is, as, uh, is, as, as nice or not nice as everybody else's. It's just, it's just whatever it is. Yeah. But then you go into another person, another person who, actually takes the time to recognize you, asks how you are. Mm-hmm. They pay attention to you. You're, you're engaged. So the same thing happens to brands, right? Mm-hmm. A brand that fails to pay attention to you, the things that you value as, mm-hmm. a, as a person in mm-hmm. your capacity, if they fail to pay attention, you, you, why are you going to care about that brand? You're not. Mm-hmm. So the, the greatest leaders 
Hmm. Pay attention. The greatest speakers pay attention. The greatest artists pay attention. The hmm. greatest writers, the greatest actors, the greatest performers, the greatest leaders, entrepreneurs, etc. They pay attention. And you look at you look at someone like Gary Vaynerchuk. Hmm. You know, it's like look independent of the style some people find his style a little too raw that's fine other people are like they don't mind it but what he's doing is he actually does give a damn mm. he does he does pay attention mm. he actually pays attention he will listen to you and he will engage you know why was martin why was martin luther king's speech so riveting and important because he spoke from the heart and paid attention to what was happening in the world mm. so you pay attention first and then you will get the attention back and that applies to brands. It applies to everything. So basically, listen first. Listen for those sound bites before <clears throat> you start asking for things in return. Well, it, but but it's not. But it's not only before you start. It's like be authentically interested. Too many people. I've seen too many people misuse that where they where they go. They go. You know what? I'm going to go on this sales call, and I'm going to be a good salesperson, quote unquote. Hmm. I'm going to listen to the person. And then after I've listened to them for enough for a while, and I've asked them how their kids and their wife is for a while, da, hmm. da, 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 I've done that enough so that I can now give them my pitch. That yeah. is not what I'm talking about. Hmm. Hmm. I'm talking about, first of all, that's more you, you give a damn. Yeah. If you don't care, if you don't come from a place of caring, you don't come from, from a place of heart, hmm. and you don't come from a place of genuine interest, then what the hell are you doing there in the first place? Hmm. Hmm. I, I mean, and that's why we know that, that you know, as, as Google's research would uh, state that we need so many touches. A brand now needs up from 12 to 20 touches um, before anybody ends up doing business with them. So that's what those touches are. I guess. You know, you you pay attention you to, yeah. to, to your buyers, to your customers before anything, before you proceed with anything else, be it a, even a sales call. That's like, bam, going <laughs> straight for it. Yeah. Michael, yeah. show empathy to your customers and employees. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, but it's, but, but, you know, but, but it's not, it's, it's not a surface thing. It's like, it's got to come from a place of authenticity. Mm. You know, it's just yeah. got to come from a place of authenticity. It's like, you know, I, I mean, like, like I love what the hell I do. Yeah. I know what I can do for people. I know what I can do for businesses. Yeah. And it, it's, it's like, you, oh, you, you, nothing can shake me from the, the certainty that I have in doing that. Hmm. Well, so I don't have to, I'm not, I'm not, I don't get engaged in conversations to prove that I can do what I can do. Hmm. I know what I can do. Hmm. You don't believe it? I frankly don't care. That's more on you. I mean, I literally, I mean, just to give you an example, there was someone that I was talking to who was interested and uh, they actually were interested in the master classes, and as an example, just uh, and I was talking to them and li li speaking to this person, and 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 I'm saying, dude, you're saying you have the best. I, I don't want to throw this person on the bus. So I'll just say they have the best blank in their industry, and he gives me the statistics, and I'm like, well, that's incredible. I said, so how come these other brands are like absolutely overshadowing you and eclipsing you? Well, they have deeper dollars. Da, 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 da. I said, well, how much time are you putting into actually this? The amount of time was like three, like he has like two, two, two gigs. This is obviously a side hustle. Three, yeah. hours, three hours a week. Okay. 
Three hours a week, not three hours a day. Mm-hmm. Three hours a week. So non-committed. I'm like going. I'm like, dude. First of all, first of all, you, you got to do this, and you got to do this, you got to do this. I'm saying, and 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 this is before I even determine whether or not he's even a candidate. I'm saying you need to do this, mm-hmm. and and he goes, and he goes, well, yeah, but yeah, but. Blah, 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 blah. I said, okay, but if I were in your shoes, I would do blah, 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 which you can do. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but. And I'm like, and after that, I then texted him afterward and I said, dude, because I care, right? I said, I don't really consider this program is actually going to be helpful for you at this time. And so I'm not even going to accept you into the program. And because, and why did I do that? I did it for two reasons. One is, I knew he wasn't really in it to win it. Mm-hmm. He was in it. He was, he was more in love with his excuses than he was actually mm-hmm. in love with, does he have a burning fire to, yeah. to win, to crush it? Mm-hmm. Are you willing? What the hell are you willing to do to crush it? Mm-hmm. If you don't have that fire, then mm-hmm. don't even, don't, don't try and put a tool in place of yourself. Mm-hmm. You have to show up, number one. Then yeah. on top of that, you can add tools. If you are not there, number one, you cannot add tools on top. Yeah. Because yeah. then the tools are the master and you're a freaking puppet. I refuse to ever have anyone, a client that's paying me for an entire project or anyone that I'm helping in any capacity. Because if you are looking for me to do the heavy lifting and you're not willing to do it, that's wrong. That, that's that you, I am unwilling to have someone be, to be a slave or be a puppet to, mm-hmm. to what I say. Own it. I can help you if you own it. If you own it. Yeah. And so, and so that's the stuff. So the key takeaway for me is to show up consistently and on and authentically. That's complete. what I think. <laughs> well, complete. And and here was the and here was one other point. Mm-hmm. Here was the, here was the one other thing that I didn't say to this person. Mm-hmm. Why did I also reject this person? Because I was protecting the class. Yeah. That person would have been an a vampire. They would have sucked the life out of the group because yeah. the because masterclass not only is the class and not only the the, the 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 group, but every Saturday morning we have these amazing Zoom calls and everybody becomes like brethren. We're like free. We're in there. We're fighting. We're kicking ass, and it is real and it is raw and it is powerful. And mm-hmm. that person, I'm going. I'm I'm going to go. Is this person going to just suck the life? So I did it to protect the group. Mm. So that, so if you're in it and you're looking at all the different sides, you got to go, what's your level of ownership and how accountable? I was willing to be accountable. The success of the masterclass is on me. Mm. I will deliver the goods, but mm. I also, that means I have to protect who gets in there. Mm. So Yeah, absolutely. I think Chris, Chris has said his goodbyes. <laughs> Chris, Chris, well, I wish you could stay longer too, but I'm glad you enjoyed the session. Participating. I love it. I love it, man. Um, I do have a question from a community member, Simon Headley. He wanted me to ask you this. What actually matters when designing a new brand these days? So I guess he's maybe talking about post-COVID um, time. Ask me the question again, the full question. What actually matters when designing a new brand? Okay. Um, well, I, and I'm, I'm taking the word designing as like visual, I'm, I'm guessing. Yeah, that's what I thought as well, yeah. Okay, so the thing is, is well, 
the same things that go into the brand story. In other words, like, so, so it, let me, let me uh, lay this out. So yes, first, first one actually checks and does an inventory and looks at the noise and those kind of stuff. And then you find your differentiator. Then you could add from that, you can actually develop your brand story. One, two, bam, bam, those two inter interlock, boom, like this. Then what happens is I do the same. I do an, I do now a visual audit. What's the noise visually, right? Mm -hmm. because, because most industries have a look. They have a, a look. Oh, oh, what, what, what's that? It's like, it looks like an app or it looks like the health industry or it looks like a restaurant. And it's like, and it's like, okay. Or, or like, no, you can get even more micro. You can go, oh, that looks like a pizzeria joint. Mm. What does a pizzeria joint look like other than the factor that from all the crap that we've seen that we now see, oh, they all have red, you know, red and green and they have a, a this and normally a guy with a freaking little chef's hat. <laughs> you, know, you have all that crap. So yeah. that's a stereotypical cliche. Cliches yeah. will kill your brand. Okay. Cliches will kill, whether it's business or otherwise. So the thing is, is, so I look at it and I go, okay, good. If everyone's doing that, how am I now going to amplify the differentiator hmm. of that we've identified earlier? How am I going to amplify it? And then visually, right? Hmm. So it's just, it's kind of like, it's just pumping it up even more. So that way it's like, it's unmistakable. Right. Differentiation is your power. So differentiation is your power. Yeah. So first find the differentiator and then we work on amplifying that differentiator. Yep. Awesome. Well, hopefully, Simon, you got your answer there. <laughs> I don't you know, David, I've got so many questions for you, but like we are running out of time and I respect your time. So you know what? I just before we end this, I we we all know about you know the brands who've done it well. They they tell brilliant stories like Apple, Nike, Disney. But can you share an example of a brand story that sucks and why does it suck? So that we can learn from it. Oh, totally, totally. Well, so like for example, I mean, I, I mean, two. Well, actually, a great one. Toys R Us. Why the hell did they go bankrupt? Oh yes. You freaking stupid morons. <laughs> yeah, and Blockbuster. You're equally stupid. <laughs> I mean, Blockbuster could have been, could have bought Netflix, but here's the thing, and, and I'm going to use the Blockbuster one because this is a vitally. If you, if you're just tuning in now, you are so freaking lucky. You man, <laughs> buy a lottery ticket, okay? Buy a lottery <laughs> ticket today. That's how lucky you are. So here's the here's the interesting thing with Blockbuster, right? What was the difference? Why did Blockbuster go into a demise, and why did Netflix rise? Hmm. Okay, let's look at it. Blockbuster was married to what? They were married to the wrong freaking thing. They were married to their solution. Hmm. And what was their solution? A brick and mortar location that demanded that we now go and drive to get their shop to go get either VHS or a DVD and to also on our checkout to get some Twizzlers and to get some caramel corn and to get some malt balls or whatever. And this shit that we feed ourselves while, while watching a movie right so the thing is is that so that's what they were married to and they refused to move and pivot from that netflix on the other hand they started out as dvd by mail so they started out netflix mm. isn't what it is today mm. but yeah netflix, i didn't know that actually yeah netflix it, it was dvd by mail you you bang you 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 you, you like this good you you watch it, you return it, and why? And then it then it rotates. So you never you had the convenience of getting it at home. Mm. But then, but the thing is, is Netflix was married to the right thing. 
they were married to not their business model, yeah. which is where which is where Blockbuster screwed yeah. up. They were married to what? Entertainment. Yeah. Entertainment, yeah. which is timeless. Remember I talked earlier about timeless. Yeah. Versus transient. A brick and mortar location is a transient solution. That yeah. may or may not work. Yeah. It may, you know, whatever. Okay. They didn't even have drive through. Would that wouldn't have that have been easier? But the thing is, is and then you had that red. What was it? The, you had the red box one. That was that was a, that was another thing. But independent of that, enter, where was the where who and what was the entertainment? Where is it? Where is it residing with regard to Netflix? Entertainment that you and me wanted to see. Yeah. So now, if they're if they're connected and married to what we love and like, they pivoted and went ooh. We can actually now, you know, actually distribute it or actually stream it. Yeah. Oh, and but they didn't stop there. Mm. Streaming it made it much easier. They so made it convenient. So wherever we had a device to be able to enjoy it, we could enjoy it. But they made it even more. Mm. They are, in fact, the number one producer of original content over Disney and anybody else in the world. All right. So the thing is, they they went from DVD by mail yeah. to no, okay, wait, no, that's not as convenient as easy. People want their entertainment faster, easier, digital distribution. Then it gets into not only that, let's create more hmm. and actually contribute to the kind of entertainment that's available. And hmm. that's why that's why they went like this because Blockbuster was married to the wrong thing. They were married to their solution. Hmm. Netflix was married to our desire as consumers. That's the difference. The best brands of any sort, business, consumer, personal, will be married to the thing that we are seeking. When I'm talking, I'm not talking about the stuff that I do necessarily. Mm. I'm talking about the stuff that you care about. I'm talking to the stuff that your listeners care about mm. as, as creators, as authors, as business people, as entrepreneurs. And that is the stuff that is absolutely vital. Okay, that, this is gold. Be married to your customer's desire and not the solution. And not our own solution. Not our own solution. Versus our own solution. Yeah. 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 All right. This, 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 is, this is going up on my wall. <laughs> All right. I love it. I love it. I hope your son. I hope your son is like that. He bought paint before this thing. He's like, you're going to turn and go, honey. Um, you're actually you're you're doing some painting on the walls, painting some big words. You know? Yes, yes, yeah. So that they're permanently visible. Permanently visible. Yeah. Or, you, or you or you could use or you could use like glow in the dark paint. So during the day <laughs> it's invisible, and at night it like it shimmers. That would be awesome. You're you're just giving all of them ideas now. <laughs> I love that. I, I want to see. I want to see what it looks like at night. I think it's gonna be awesome. <laughs> I, I sh- I'll be sure to send you the pictures <laughs> once it's all done. All right, folks. Now remember that you can access the bite-sized takeaways of these conversations on my YouTube channel here, bit.ly forward slash spreading ideas with amber khan and please don't forget to subscribe and uh, hit the bell icon uh, so that you can be notified when we go live next now david now amber I was like, you, 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 there you go there you go it's like it's like what i'm i have an alibi i wasn't there 
<laughs> okay, okay, okay. I have to ask you this because you know what? I just came across this yesterday. I watched this video of yours with uh, Emma the mom. And apparently I missed out on all this LinkedIn party because I joined the party, you know, the LinkedIn party. much. Oh, you hadn't seen it? It, no, I had not. So I just saw it yesterday. That's hysterical. Yeah. So, yeah. So I want to know, I mean, what was the deal behind that? What was the strategy behind that? And what happened as a result of it? Well, you see, Ahmed had done, uh, Ahmed had done a, a video previously with, um, with Corey and Corey Warfield and Rob Howes and Joe Applebaum. And he'd done an, uh, one prior to that. And I, I, I had seen it, and Ahmed blew me away. Ahmed was like, holy crap, this guy has some freaking serious chops, great timing. And it's like, he was like, you know, you had it, do, you know, you had the whole thing, boom, 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 boom. And I was like, I was like, and, you know, and the thing is, I've, I, like I said, I was a drummer. I was a drummer in my teens. Mm-hmm. I, I love rhythm. I love music. I have a very large music collection. So I was like, I was like, I said, Ahmed, I, I, I do beatboxing. I think we can do something amazing here. So I was like, so I gave him this video. I was like, I was like, so I, I kind of gave him this whole thing. So I gave him this whole thing, right? And, and, uh, and he was like, Holy shit! Right, right. Beatbox. He didn't know if actually he first thought I was joking. He thought no, I was like just go pulling a prank, and I was like, no, no, no. So I, so I ended up, I ended up basically going okay. Uh, and he looked at it. And he was like, hmm. And so we opened this, we opened this Pandora's box because he's he's a perfectionist. I'm a perfectionist, and I, I had literally, I, I had to get someone else involved because the editing of that the editing of that video because because part of it was i kept on looking at how do we make it better how do we make it better how do we make it better? same thing we talked about earlier how do we make it better how do we make it better how do we make it better and we'll look at the lyrics we're looking at this and i you know we start i started reaching out to some of my people he started reaching out to some people say hey what, what can we do to get people like hey right to get a hey from people yeah and and that and so i said let's let's do that to really make it a community event and so we ended up having nearly 200,000 views on, on LinkedIn. It was insane. And people loved it. And it's, it's, and I'm a firm believer in the fact that you got to shake things up. Mm. You got it. You've got it. You've got it. You can't be predictable. If you're, if you're, if people can see what you're going to do next, if they already see you coming, then you're already in a rut. Mm. Right. So you've got to like, it's like, if I if, if I don't have that element of surprise as part of my brand, I'm failing. That's my own personal standard, and I find that to be very true for other for other brands as well. Mm. And so, not all of us are like you, Dave. We, you know, you say you can't be predictable. You have a brain which works in a very different way. <laughs> you know? But you know, but you know, but but I'm I'm going to challenge you on that. I'm going to okay. challenge you. That. I would say I would say people. I, I'm a firm firm believer that people are more capable than they give themselves credit for. I think that they're more inventive. They might be more, they might be more geeky. They might be more nerdy. They might be more conservative. It's like, but if you're going to do whatever you're going to do, no matter how you're going to do it, do it awesomely. Mm. I mean, you could be the most hardcore. It's like, hi, I'm a really boring, hardcore traditionalist. Yeah. And if you, if you freaking own it, you could be the most engaging and persuasive and awesome 
freaking hardcore traditionalist there ever was. You know? <laughs> I mean, have a have the have have a bow tie that's the most yeah. perfectly coiffed bow tie and the yeah. whole deal. I mean, just you know, so I I firmly believe that that anything can be converted into uh, something rather spectacular. And I have yet to run across something that I wasn't able to t- make spectacular mm-hmm. in forty in doing this for forty years. So, but can anyone turn it into spectacular? Look, yeah. might, look, I would say. I would say yes, hmm. unless unless like that person that I was referring to, where it's like if they if they're more in love with their excuses, then then they won't be able to. It's like fine, there's hmm. the door. It's like hmm. don't, don't 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 waste my time. So so that's so that's one thing. But I would say they might need to tap into others. But you know, but I challenged. I I mean, I challenged guys. I mean, I only go to the masterclass because it was such a, a powerful group experience, and I was dealing with. So I was dealing with someone who had just been out of college for a couple of years, the youngest, the youngest person to the to someone who had been in, in their industry for 40 years, like myself. Mm. So the thing is, is that, and, and who had a lot of old habits to break. And I kept on hearing, blah, 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 blah. blah. And, and I give you a perfect example. This person, when I was first interviewing them, see, are you are you a candidate? They say, well, you know, David, we're, we're really, we're really, we're really, really old. I said, oh, I said, kiss my ass old. I said, I said Yoda was old. He was 900 <laughs> years old. And look at what he could do. Okay? So yeah. you're telling me that you're old. Compared to him, you're a freaking infant. So don't give me this shit that you're old. So this person's laughing their asses off because they were like, that's how they were. That's the, they were looking through their lens. I'm like, if your lens isn't serving you, give it up. Hmm. If your lens is not serving you, because mm. to me, if you are a professional, mm. if you are a business, if mm. you are offering something of true value, mm. it is the most selfish thing in the world to undersell it. Mm. It's the most selfish thing in the world to underrepresent it. Mm. It is the most selfish thing in the world to not be all in and have the conviction to say, you know what? I am the greatest. I mean, Muhammad Ali, mm. I am the greatest. And everyone loved hearing that. Mm. Michael Jordan, you know, he was like, it's like, I am the best basketball player there ever was, right? Mm. It's like, it's ownership. It's not bravado. And it's it's just kind of going, and you know what? I'm, you know, I mean, hell, if I was kind of, if I didn't have a great personality, and I was kind of like, if I was someone who was like, oh, I don't have a really good personality, I'm going, okay. So I would say, you know what? I don't have the greatest personality. But man, when it comes to solving your XYZ, I am in beast mode and will smoke the freaking shit out of the competition. Mm. You know, you could do that. You know what I'm saying? So it's like the idea that someone is like, uh, it's like, look, that's on them. That's at the point I say, that's on you. You mm-hmm. are selling yourself. You've sold yourself on how, how much you aren't worthy of, of boldly having mm-hmm. the conviction to own your greatness in the world. And if you are not owning your greatness in the world, that is on you. Yeah. Yeah. So self-belief. In well, it's, 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 I put it, I put it as conviction. I like the word conviction okay. because it's like, because only because I've seen and heard the word belief used in a way that it's like, believe in yourself where it's like, it's kind of like, well, it's like, I'm not, I'm not looking at sugarcoating something that's untrue. That to me is where I've seen that I've seen belief go down that road. I see people say, well, believe in yourself. It'll come true. I'm, I'm not going down affirmation lane. It's mm-hmm. like, look, are you a badass? Yes or no? I'll oftentimes ask them about that. 
So this is the middle road. Yes or no? Yes or no? Yeah. So well, I'm kind of a badass. No, no, no. There's no kind of a badass. There's no kind no. of pregnant. Okay. Are you pregnant? <laughs> yes or no? Let's look at the test results. Yes or no? Right. <laughs> There's no middle road, folks. There's no middle ground. You're kind of pregnant. <laughs> what the hell's kind of pregnant look like? Uh, I'm waiting for the test results. I think that's kind of pregnant. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Alrighty, it is now that time of the interview for us, and you may be thinking, what is it? Gossip time, or share the fun pickup lines time, or tell an embarrassing joke time? Unfortunately, we are not that type of a show. Well, not yet, anyway. Okay. But what it is time for is the 48-hour challenge time. So, David, this is where I'm going to ask you to share what is that one thing, just the one thing that our viewers and listeners can implement in the next 48 hours that doesn't cost an arm and a leg or requires a large team to execute it. Fabulous. Okay, super simple. You ready? This, yep. this is simple but powerful as hell. I want, I challenge everyone listening to this right now. I challenge them to do this. I, I want them to look at an average day, look at it, take inventory of an average day and go, okay, about say how, about how many people do I normally interact with? Like, you know, and, it, and I'm not talking about, oh, well, I do a post on social media. And so that's like, you know, and that, and that guy, that gets 5,000 views. So I interact with 5,000. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about people you actually interact with, people you text, people you email, people right. you speak with, people you Zoom, et cetera, people you meet face to face. How many people on the average, how many interactions do you normally have on the average of a day? Is it 10? Is it 20? Is it 30? Is it 40? That's the first thing. Take inventory. Second thing is, I want you to now go, I want you to now look at that on the average. How many of those are digital versus personal? In in other words, digital is texting. Digital is email. Digital is um, any other form of, you know, WhatsApp, blah, blah, whatever. Mm -hmm. That's digital Mm -hmm. versus personal. Personal is speaking to them on the phone speaking to them in person, speaking to them on Zoom, okay? Mm-hmm. And I, I look at that, and I want you to now, I want you to now double. So, let, so let's, say, let's say you go, you know what? Every day I, on the average, I, I, I interact with 20 people, and 17 of those I- interactions are digital, mm-hmm. and three of them are, are personal. Mm-hmm. Good. I want you to minimally, minimally mm-hmm. double. The, oh, wow. amount of, the amount of personal. personal. So if it's three, make it six at the minimum. Ideally, if it's three, make it nine. I need you to flip that. Do that for 48 hours and actually flip that, flip that ratio. So you actually are, are doubling at the bare minimum, ideally tripling the amount of people you actually interact with on a daily basis. Taking, and it's taking away. It's moving the ones that would otherwise be digital into the live communication column. Not adding on, but moving them over from the mm. digital column to the live column. Do that for 48 hours. Tell me, tell me things aren't changing. Wow. That, that is a great challenge. <clears throat> and definitely one I am willing to take up. Yep. And I hope others do too, because this, this is an interesting one because it, you know, it benefits us all. Completely. Uh, Completely. Yeah. And be awesome in those interactions. 
Don't don't be a don't be a deadhead. Don't be <laughs> cool. don't don't be uh hi uh don't don't be stupid. Yeah. Turn yeah. it to something. Turn it to something miraculous. Yeah. Why can, why, can, why can someone say hello to you or me and we feel great, and then another person say hello to us and we feel. <laughs> where's nearest door? Okay. Find your mojo. Find your freaking mojo. Tap into your beast mode. Tap into yeah. your freaking beast mode right now. Tap into your beast mode. All right. You heard it, folks. You heard it straight from David's mouth. Now, where can our awesome peeps find you online, David? You could you could certainly find me on LinkedIn. You could find me right here on you on YouTube. You, you can go check out my YouTube channel. You could certainly go to risingabovethenoise.com. Yep. There, right there's the masterclass. That's the masterclass. And by the way, if you want to kick butt in 2021, masterclass, seriously, seriously. And people who've done it are already like, yeah. uh, that. I, I, they, 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 sh- they were like, they, they were like in retrospect, shit, I, sh- I could, I would have paid five times this. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure uh, everybody can see uh, that video of the last alumni. Is it on this link? Um, it should be. It should be. Yeah. 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 Absolutely, because that should give them great feedback on what it's this about. Well, thank you so much, David, for joining me today. I mean, the, I would love to just keep on chatting to you for hours and hours. Um, but uh, but, uh, but your 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 son is probably going uh, going. Mom, I I have the walls to paint. I mean, come on. Yeah, exactly. It was come so on, much work to do now. <laughs> well, you've been awesome, David. Thank, thank you. you so much. Thank you. you you as well. You as well. I appreciate I appreciate the energy. Uh, thank you. Thank you. All right. Toodaloo for now. Toodaloo. You've been listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast. To make sure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you have an iPhone, we'd love for you to open the Apple Podcasts app and leave a review. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.